Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show where you'll learn to transform your heartbreak into happiness. I'm Sarah Davison and I'm here as your trusted guide to help you every step along the way. On today's episode, we're diving into how to cope with your ex. Now, whether you can't stand your ex or maybe you're worried that your ex will trigger you feeling really upset. Maybe if you bumped into them, it would send you into a rage. Maybe you are worried that you might say something you'll regret. Or maybe you're worried that you just won't be able to cope with it and you'll burst into tears. One of my clients, Veronica, had broken up with her husband after 40 years of marriage, and he was still living in the same village, but with somebody else, with his new partner. In fact, Veronica was so terrified of bumping into them that it would paralyze her and stop her from doing her normal daily routine. Things like going to the supermarket became impossible for her. She would drive to the local village supermarket and sit in the car park in her car. She would wait and see whether they came in or went out. She'd be constantly looking for their car. But her fear was so great that sometimes she would wait in the car for up to an hour and 45 minutes and then just not be able to pluck up the courage to go in. So go home without her food and do without things that she really needed because this fear was all consuming and paralyzing her. So when she came to me, this was obviously one of the first things that we looked at. So I shared with her a technique that I learned from my friend, Paul McKenna, who is a well-known hypnotherapist, and he has a technique called mind movies. Now, this is how it works. If you're worried, for example, like Veronica about bumping into your ex, it can make you feel very trapped and nervous. So this technique is designed to sort of help you move through that, but also overcome any situation. So whether you were worried that you would lose your temper with them, that you would say something that you might live to regret, or maybe that you would dissolve in front of them or just freeze or maybe just run away or humiliate and embarrass yourself. So this technique works for all those scenarios. So how does it work? Well, step one is that I need you to imagine the scenario that you are really worried about vividly in your mind, okay? I want you to think about it as if you're watching it on a big cinema screen so you can see yourself in the film. So imagine you're in the cinema looking up at this big screen and you're running this scenario, okay? so. The difference being that in this instance, you are in control of what happens. And I want you to imagine it going really, really well and all working out perfectly for you. So see yourself acting calmly, confidently, with everything moving along exactly as you want it to. So for example, with Veronica, we imagined her walking into the supermarket, getting her trolley, standing up straight, shoulders back, head up, feeling confident, and then going about her normal shopping routine. And then she bumps into her ex 
and his new girlfriend. This is the worst scenario, the one that she was really, really worried about. Okay. So then what we do is we imagine what you would say out loud. And for this, I really want you to rehearse it out loud yourself. Okay. So maybe in your bathroom in the morning or wherever you are, just practice the words that you would use so you can hear what you would say in an ideal scenario. So for Veronica, we worked out a script that she would feel confident saying that she could rehearse, that was simple so she could remember it. So it went like, hi, great to see you both. Hope you're having a good day. I've got a dash. I've got to be somewhere in 10 minutes, but I'm just doing a quick shop. So see you later. So that was very short. That was a really short to the point script because she didn't feel that she was going to be able to have the confidence to go into any long discussion. But what it did was it gave her something to say. Now, she rehearsed it. And this is really important for you to do too. Rehearse it over and over again. So it's using your words, something you feel familiar with that is upbeat, puts you in control, makes you look confident, not like you may be feeling inside. Okay. And I appreciate that you still will be feeling like that. But the beauty of doing this is that your brain doesn't know the difference between this happening right now or it being imagined. So what that means for you is that if you practice over and over again, when it happens in real life, and if it happens in real life, then your brain will go, oh, I know how this works because you've visualized it and you've run through it and you've seen what it looks like. You've heard the words you'd say, you've practiced them out loud And also you felt those feelings of feeling confident in that situation, of feeling good, of feeling it's all under control. So do you see how by practicing that, when you actually get into that situation, and let's remember, it may never happen. Okay, so what we're trying to do here is dial down those controlling negative emotions that are stopping you from moving forward with your life and paralyzing you. So, for example, in Veronica's case, she wasn't even getting food that she needed to eat. So she was going hungry because this fear was so real and was stopping her from doing these things like going to the supermarket. So by practicing it and getting used to it and visualizing it and going through the whole experience in your mind, when or if this happens, you will be able to deal with it a lot better because your brain will remember it. It will go, oh, I remember the situation. It goes like this. So instead of you scrabbling around in the moment, feeling that rising heat in your body, those heart palpitations, your mind racing, being triggered to say something that you may later regret that might be angry or vengeful, or you might come home and go, oh, why did I say that? I sounded so stupid. You know, this will prevent that from happening because you've practiced it over and over again. Now, as you're practicing it, I want you to notice how good it feels to be in control of that situation and to walk away knowing it went as well as you could have imagined it would go. So this is really important that you practice what you would say, make sure you have your getaway line in there, which for Veronica is, I've got to go, I'm meeting someone in 10 minutes. Make sure you've got something like that up your sleeve so you don't get stuck or engaged in a conversation, okay? But be friendly, be confident, get the eye contact and then walk off. Now, this will help you cope with it in the moment. Now, obviously, this is to get you through, to get you through that scenario in the best possible way. Would Veronica fall apart a couple of vials down? Well, potentially, but the best thing is she wouldn't be doing it in front of her ex. It wouldn't stop her from going into that supermarket, doing what she needed to do. Now, her ex wouldn't see that upset because either she'd be a few aisles down or she'd be strong enough to be proud of herself for what she'd done to get back in the car before those tears or that emotion or maybe even that relief hit her. 
So do you see how this is all about taking control to the remote control to your brain, which is something for those of you who listen to these episodes will know I talk about a lot because we all have the remote control to our brain. Okay, but we need to train it to work in ways that really empower us to cope better with difficult situations. Now, as you can see, this technique is a life skill that you can use and transfer onto any situation that's worrying you, whether it's helping your child prepare for exams, whether it's an interview for work, whatever it is, a difficult scenario that you have to discuss maybe with your ex, all these things will help prepare you because you're reliving it and you're rehearsing and you're practicing so that you don't have those moments walking away thinking, oh gosh, that was a disaster because you've prepared for it. Now, what this meant for Veronica was it was so freeing because then she could go about her daily routine. She wasn't scared to go into the supermarket. She did go through, she didn't wait in her car anymore. Yes, she had a quick check to see if they were there by looking at the cars, but it didn't stop her. That fear wasn't holding her back. She still got up and went in. She was so pleased and really appreciated the difference it made to her, as it will to you when you try this out, that actually she now uses this technique in lots of different areas of her life. And she's taught it to her children as well, which is awesome. A lot of these skills that I share with you are so powerful for kids. And when they're young, they just absorb these like sponges. So please know that these are transferable skills. They're not just to do with breakup and divorce, although for this scenario, it is super, super powerful. So that's the exercise. Have a go, practice it, act it out. You know, the more you playful out with this, however daft you might feel doing it, just go with it. Playful out, practice, because the more your body and your mind get used to what you would say, you have a few little phrases or a little a sentence that you know you're going to say if that was to happen. So that is really powerful. What if the thought of being around your ex is just intolerable? It's unbearable. You just cannot be in the same place. Now, recently, a client of mine, Susie, had a family wedding to go to. Now, she is a real family person. She has a big family. So there's lots of cousins and this was a cousin's wedding. Now, it was also a wedding that her ex-husband was invited to because he was still very friendly with them too. Obviously for Susie, this was incredibly difficult to the point that she decided she wasn't going to the wedding. Now, the whole family were devastated and the bride and groom felt really guilty because they wanted both of them to be there, but they didn't feel able to take sides and just invite one or the other because they were equally close to both of them. So... Susie came to me devastated. She said she was under a lot of pressure from her family because they wanted her to go. But also for her, she just didn't think she could cope with going to the wedding, seeing her ex there because she couldn't stand him. He had betrayed her. He had treated her so badly. And she was just in a state of panic and overwhelm on the thought of having to be in the same venue as him for the whole day. Now, I know how difficult this can be because it sends you on a roller coaster of different emotions. There's part of you that really wants to be okay with it, to be able to go through with it. But there's another part of you that thinks you just can't do it. Now, this is normal. Please know that this is normal and be reassured that you've not gone crazy. If someone has hurt you or you feel it might trigger you to feel sad or go backwards in your recovery from the breakup, then of course it's normal that you're not going to want to put yourself in that firing line. However, there are things you can do. Now, for example, whether it is you have to go to a parent's evening, if you've got kids together, there might be events like that you might have to show up together to. You might have to be at a sporting event. You might have to go to a carol concert at school. 
or it might be a family event that you're both invited to, or maybe you've still got shared friends and you're invited to the same events. Now, obviously you've got to work out what you feel comfortable with, but if it's the case of you missing out on something that's really important to you or showing up for your kids and showing them that you can get through this and doing the right thing, then my technique that I've designed called functionally friendly is a great technique to help you through these difficult situations. So how does functionally friendly work? Well, it enables you to spend time with your ex without getting drawn in emotionally. So how do you do that? Well, the important thing is to remember all the positive things about your ex and not focus on the negative. The aim is for you to be able to have a friendly conversation, to be in the same space for a period of time without engaging in anything that is going to upset you or traumatize you over the breakup again. So how do you do this? Well, again, preparing in advance is really important. You could try the mind movies exercise we just talked about earlier in this episode because it will really help prepare your mind. But the idea of functionally friendly is to focus on your ex's positive attributes and set aside any of those issues that have been bugging you about them. Now, I can hear you now saying, Sarah, that's impossible. They cheated on me. They broke my heart. They're continuously unkind. I know I get it. But in these circumstances where you are going to be missing out if you don't go along to these events or you're going to be letting your kids down or other family members down, it's really important that you take the high road here. However difficult this is, and I know I'm not underestimating how challenging it can be, but I promise you with practice, it gets easier. Acting as if is really essential here. So just prepare your face muscles to smile, okay? That gives the impression that you are more confident and that you are coping better. It might be like a swan. So you look like you're coping on the outside, but underneath your feet are paddling at an insane rate just to keep you going. But this is where you have to dig deep. So turning up, smiling. I always think it's a good idea to be the first one to go across and say hi and greet your ex and say, great to see you. Thanks for coming. And then focusing on whatever's going on then. So you don't have to spend huge amounts of time with them, but just being able to go and have a neutral conversation. You know, sometimes a compliment goes a long way. That might be a struggle for some of you, but just distracting them with, hey, you look nice or great to see you, or isn't this a wonderful event? Coming up with some neutral comments that you can throw into a conversation that will disarm your ex, that will neutralize any conflict that's going on right now and just show that you can step out of that situation to do your best for that event is really key here. Now, I don't underestimate how challenging it can be, but I promise you, the more you do this, the better it gets. Now, I have a client called Claire who was super worried about parents' evening. It was one of those parents' evenings. I don't know if you've ever been to one like this, but It's kind of like a round table where all the teachers are sitting around the hall. So then you have to queue for your time slot with the teacher. You get five minutes with each teacher and then you move on to the next one. So it involves spending quite a lot of time, just the two of you going through this process. Now, obviously, guys, I want to caveat here that if you are coming out of a toxic relationship, maybe an abusive relationship or a really what I would call difficult relationship, then some of these rules won't apply, okay? And I'm doing another episode purely on that. So do check that one out. But this is for people who just find it hard because there is conflict or still heartbreak or they haven't moved on. This is not for really toxic relationships, okay? 
Although functionally friendly can work if you do have to come in contact in a short period of time, but I certainly wouldn't necessarily recommend doing lots of things together where you're putting yourself into spending time like at a parent's evening, which for this client, she was going to have to spend at least two hours with her ex. So bear that in mind and make sure it's all relevant and safe for you to do so. So for this particular client, she was having to go to parents evening. And obviously she was very anxious about it. She was anxious because she knew that her ex made her feel uncomfortable. It just wasn't easy for her to be around him without getting upset. So one of the things we did was we prepared a little script for her, which would be topics that she could talk about. Now, they were all focused on the kids. They were all focused on the school. They were focused on anecdotes about what had happened in the classroom that she'd heard from her children. They were focused on things that she'd read in the school newsletter. So she had a lot of things that she could talk about if there were no other people to bring into the conversation. Because again, that's another great way to get a friend, another parent to, into a discussion altogether. So you're not just focused one-on-one -on -one in that kind of environment. She practiced these techniques, she had the tools, she had the topics that she was going to talk about. And whilst it was definitely not her favorite evening of the year, it was significantly more manageable for her. And it enabled her to get through the evening composed, feeling reasonably confident and knowing that she was doing the right thing for her kids. Because showing a united front at school was really important to her children and she wanted to do that for them. So these techniques, like functionally friendly, are really important. Highlighting and focusing on some of the reasons why you got together, some of the things that actually are okay about your ex. If you're not arguing about the divorce or the breakup, they actually can be okay. You can have an amicable conversation with them. Focusing on those points will really help you power through. Now, co-parenting is, again, something that a lot of people find challenging. If you have very different rules, like my client Jane, for example, she would always send her kids to bed latest 8 p.m. That was a the cutoff. They had to be upstairs in their rooms by 8 p.m. Now, her ex had very different rules. When the children were with him, they'd be lucky to be in their bedrooms by 9 o'clock, sometimes 10 o'clock, which to Jane was really upsetting because she worked hard to make sure the kids weren't tired for the next day at school, that they'd had a routine and it was important to her that they stuck to that. Now, this again is where we have to be realistic. We also have to be understanding because everybody's house is different. Everyone's routine is different. Everyone's parenting styles are different. Obviously, if your parenting values, beliefs are aligned with your ex, then it's going to be a lot easier to feel comfortable with co-parenting because you share the same beliefs. So bedtime at the same time, same amount of time gaming or on Xbox, or whatever it is for your kids, doing the homework in the same amount of time, having the same support system set up, all that will make sense. It's a lot easier if you agree. But for those of you that don't agree, then it can be very challenging. Now, my advice is always, please don't worry about the things you can't control. Kids are extremely resilient, okay? And actually having experience of two different parenting styles is a valuable life lesson for them because hopefully one day they'll be parents and they'll have to deal with this too. So I always believe that doing the right thing for your kids in your home is important. So do the right thing. Don't badmouth the other person. Don't criticize their way of doing it. Just show them how you believe you think it should be done. 
if you're struggling with co-parenting and finding yourself constantly getting into conflict with your ex, then it might be worth considering parallel parenting, which is a slightly different way of doing things where you agree on the big things like education or health matters. But the way you run your routines in your own homes is up to you as individual parents. For some people, that makes it a lot more manageable. Remembering that kids are resilient, they will cope, they will be okay. And it's a lot of wasted energy if you're spending time worrying about them going to bed a bit later. Another technique that might be useful here, if you are in a relatively amicable relationship with your ex, but you just have petty disagreements. So again, I'm not talking about toxic relationships or relationships where there's abuse. What I'm talking about is just those petty disagreements where you don't see eye to eye and it's just really frustrating. This technique is really powerful if you're stuck in those disagreements over things like bedtime, for example. And it's something I use with Jane in a coaching session where what we did was I asked Jane to tell me why she felt bedtime at eight o'clock was so important to her. And of course, she had some really valid, caring reasons why this was important for her, that the kids went to bed at eight o'clock. Then I asked her to argue the case from her ex's point of view, as if she was her ex, not her trying to think of reasons, but actually shoe shifting into his shoes with his beliefs, his schedule, everything like that. At first, she really struggled with it, but then eventually she got a little bit more into the flow. And she started saying things like, well, I work late. I don't get back from the office till seven o'clock. So what that means is by the time I've got home, got changed, had some dinner, the kids are in bed at eight o'clock. Then I don't get any time to spend with them. So going to bed at nine o'clock means that I get some quality time with the kids. I'm able to talk to them about their day. I'm able to play some games with them. And that is important to me because I only see them now for half the amount of time. So for me, having that extra hour every night makes a big difference. Having said that, she surprised herself because actually she knew that was the truth. She knew he wasn't doing it maliciously to upset her. He was doing it because he wanted to bond with his kids because he loved them and he wasn't spending as much time with them as she was. She was able to pick them up from school earlier and she had all afternoon and evening with them. Whereas for him, life and his schedule were very, very different. Now, having gone through that technique with me, she started to relax a little bit more and was a lot more forgiving and understanding, which for her, and obviously Jane is my priority here, for her, it dialed down that anxiety, it dialed down that stress as she got a little bit more of an insight into why this was happening. So try that technique. It is super powerful to use on those kind of situations, okay? Those arguments where you don't see eye to eye, maybe it's bugging you, but it's not really a serious thing. Like there's no abuse and it's not a life or death matter. So in this episode, I've packed it full of techniques that will really help you if you can't stand your ex, but you still have to spend time with them. Maybe it would make you angry. Maybe it would make you sad. Maybe you would fall apart. Maybe you're worried that you would regress. But the techniques in this episode, like the mind movies and the functionally friendly and the shoe shifting techniques will all help you to take control of that remote control to your mind and dial down some of those negative anxieties or stresses. You can enjoy those moments that otherwise you would miss out on. Thank you for listening to today's episode and allowing me to help guide you from your heartbreak to your greatest happiness. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. 
one lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.